This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. My name is Blair and I'm an alcoholic. The purpose of this show is to increase public awareness of Alcoholics Anonymous as an effective means of recovery from the disease of alcoholism. Our show has two parts. First, we'll talk a bit about alcoholism, what it is and what AA can do to help. Then we'll interview our recovering alcoholic who is an active member of AA. I'm now going to ask our guest to read the AA preamble, which is read at the start of every AA meeting. Hi, my name is Mark. I'm an alcoholic. AA Preamble. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organisation or institution does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and to help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. Cool, thanks Mark. So what is alcoholism? Alcoholism is a disease, not a disgrace. There's no shame in having an illness or a disease. An unusual feature of this disease is that it will do whatever it can to convince you that you do not have it. However, once it has hold of you, the progression of symptoms is like the classic disease model and the victim is as helpless as a sufferer of cancer. If you're an alcoholic, you're at the beginning of a long road that usually ends in one of three places, prisons, institutions or death. If you think this sounds dramatic, we can assure you that our collective experience has shown this to be true. The challenge is to convince the alcoholic to admit that they need help and become willing to seek it. Denial is a major symptom of alcoholism. The alcoholic is often the last one to recognise it and admit that they have it. Our definition of alcoholism is that it is an allergy of the body coupled with an obsession of the mind. The allergy is the physical aspect of the disease. After having the first drink, the phenomenon of craving develops and we lose control over when we will stop drinking. The old saying is, one is too many and a thousand is never enough. And yet, because of the obsession of the mind, the mental aspect of the disease, the alcoholic is compelled to keep picking up the first drink. This makes us powerless. We often hear from sober alcoholics that many doubted whether life could be fun without alcohol. Fortunately, those same people report that their lives have improved dramatically since they became sober. The 12-step program of recovery, which is discussed at meetings, which is outlined in the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book, is how we get sober and maintain our sobriety, one day at a time. This program has a proven track record of helping otherwise hopeless alcoholics to achieve long-term sobriety and recover. It has taught us how to enjoy life sober. Okay, for anyone who has just joined us, you're listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. We're just about to interview an AA member who's going to share their experience with alcoholism. So let's meet our guest. Would our guests like to introduce themselves and give us a quick sketch of who you are? Sure, my name's Mark and I'm an alcoholic, um, I have seven years sobriety and I'm 48 years old, cool. uh, grew up in Christchurch right. um, and all my sobriety has been in Christchurch. Cool. Um, 
my family, um, we lived in New Brighton and yep. yeah. Um, it's cool. So are you married or have any family or kids at the moment? Not married, single. Mm. Um, yeah, married to my job pretty cool. much at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Uh, and looking back, like so in terms of family, how was your childhood and the family growing up? Yeah, look, my childhood, my childhood was great. I mean, um, I think I had no same uh, sorts of families. There was, um, yeah, there were problems with uh, growing up. You know, I experienced uh, a parent who was an alcoholic. Yeah, um, okay. And I had a parent who had, Pretty severe um, mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so my experience of childhood was was great in lots of ways, but it was quite chaotic in others. Right. Um, and um, so, while I didn't experience massive trauma like some people have, I definitely experienced a level of trauma emotionally, right. uh, where um, that I that stuck with me for a, lot, a long time in adulthood. Mm-hmm. Um, alcoholism and severe mental health issues were in my family and while I definitely carried some of that, um, getting sober is how I had to get work through it. Right, gotcha, gotcha. So um, so having observed that and kind of in the home, when did you actually start drinking yourself and, and how did that progress? Yeah, so um, as a child, you know, I watched my parents and their behaviour, you know, and my mother being the drinker um, out of my parents' um, I remember it was really common. My mother would walk into the kitchen and she'd go to where she'd keep a cask of wine mm-hmm. and hearing the pouring of the wine was really familiar to me, the right. pattern, yeah. you know. And um, and I, as a child, remember seeing my mother drunk and sober, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and when I was really afraid, I remember when I was really afraid as a child, um, it got, I got to a point where I went for the drink, right. you know. And I remember one day I went into the kitchen and I grabbed the wine and I was like, yeah, I'm going to try that. Right. You know? And I drank it, and I was probably about nine. Right. And what did it do for you when, when you had that, that first drink? So for me, it was, well, even before I took the drink, it was the excitement of doing something naughty, mm-hmm. and that, and and then I didn't have the fear so much. When I had the drink, there was the sense of um, calm, Right. Really. And then it was just the, the feeling drunk. Right. You know, um, and and then the afterwards from that was worrying about the get, worrying about getting in trouble. Right. Gotcha. So, and sort of as you grew up, that was obviously quite early. Um, yeah. How did you begin to drink? Were you drinking socially or drinking alone? What was your drinking sneaking like? Sneaking it on right. my own. Yeah, mm. sneaking on my own when I was young. Um, and, um, and then that progressed to um, when I got into my teens. Right. Where it was. Um, 17, 18, just at school yep. and drinking at parties. Mm-hmm. So it was very social for a long time. Yeah. And then as an teens. adult? And as an adult, um, my mid-20s, um, I started, I was drinking socially, but then a lot more after 25, I started to drink alone a lot. Right, gotcha. And it was working long hours, going home and drinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, very, it swung from social to being very isolated. Gotcha. And did you ever yeah. feel that it was a problem or try and stop the drinking? Um, the hangovers I'd have in my early twenties were pretty bad. Right. I think like anyone else really, just really bad headache and all that stuff, you know. Um, and, but everyone else did as well. Right. So I didn't really such as being a massive problem. It was just a problem everyone had. Mm-hmm. But when I got my first DUI, mm-hmm. drink driving, right. that was when I started to feel a bit guilty and be like, oh, maybe. But no, not at that point though, did I think I need to have a problem or stop. Right, gotcha. It was okay. just some guilt. Yeah, okay. So there was some, there was some guilt that came up for yourself, mentioned with through the DUI and a bit of fear, yeah. and a bit of fear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
And was that when you realized you needed help or was it another incident that sort of no. made you think I need help? No, there was um, my third DUI, right. um, which was when I was 29, mm-hmm. was when I really started to go, oh, okay, I've got a problem right. and I need to do something different. Right. So I had a lot of years where I just kept drinking. Right, gotcha. All right, so a bit of a bit of legal stuff popped up. Yep. How, how did that make you feel? What was going on inside at the time? My third DUI, um, I talked to people after it happened, and they were like, "You might go to jail for this." Right. It wasn't. There was no certainty. Yeah. And that really petrified me. Mm-hmm. You know, not enough to stop drinking though. It was right. just enough to go. Oh, okay, I've got to rethink this. I need to do something different. And my brother had been to rehab at a young age. He went at 16. Right. And he said to me, look, mate, you could go to rehab, you know. And I actually listened to him because mm-hmm. we had a really close relationship. Um, so I, he said, look, if you go to court saying you want to go to rehab, it'll help you a lot. Right, gotcha. So my decision to get help was not so much that it's about, oh, I need to get help and stop drinking. It was to deal with the consequences. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, cool. Uh, thanks Thanks for letting us sharing that. So based on that a whole sort of series of events, how from that area did you find your way to your first AA meeting or into, into the rooms? Yeah, so I went to rehab at a, a centre, a rehab in Christchurch, um, and it was compulsory to go to at least three meetings a week. Right. Now, everyone in the rehab was a drug addict. Um, I was the only one there for just alcohol. Right, gotcha. And, um, so I would, but I, were, I was new to recovery, didn't know a lot about it at all, and so I just went along. I was a follower anyhow as mm-hmm. a person. Mm-hmm. I was at school. So I just went to NA meetings. Yeah, and I, and I, um, my caseworker said, look, you don't have to say you're an alcoholic or an addict. Just say that you've got a substance abuse problem. Yeah, gotcha. So I go to NA meetings. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was your first introduction to a 12-step was to the, to end, was, was the NA sort of thing. Cool. Yeah. Um, and when you were going along to the meetings, did you have a feeling of any anxiousness or sceptical feeling towards 12-step programs? Being that it was kind of court-ordered almost, so to speak? Yeah, look, there was, definitely, because I was being in a room of strangers. Um, and um, and I did go to AA meetings too, by the way, as right. well. It wasn't cool. just DNA. Um, it was being around a, a bunch of strangers and it was having it was identifying as an alcoholic or, or substance, has a problem with substance, yeah. being, being honest about that. So shame around that, mm-hmm. fear around being around strangers. Yeah. Um, and just also the guilt within the situation I'm in too. Gotcha. Um, despite yeah. all those things, how did those other members in the room treat you when you walked into the into the room? You know, they were really nice, really kind. Um, just their honesty. Mm-hmm. I thought they didn't. They, it wasn't so much that they were just being nice to me. It was that they were being honest in the room. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're bearing your heart on. You're wearing your heart in your sleeve, being honest about your recovery. And I'm able to sit here and listen to us. So I was quite humbled. Right, yeah. Humble. And that and that made me feel like I wanted to be honest too. Yeah. And take this seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and not as a joke or not as a, I've just got to get a Joe Easy card, so I'm just going to flow through this. Right. I thought, no, I, I actually want to take this seriously. Right. So a bit of ownership came out of that honesty you're hearing now. Ownership, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, so with that, with that sort of bearing in mind since then, uh, how have you managed to stay sober or describe the process of recovery for you since those initial meetings? Yeah. So part of my staying sober was that I had a relapse. Right. So I, after my first that first time in, in treatment, I had a relapse after four years of sobriety. Right. And then I um, went to rehab again, mm-hmm. and I did the same thing, went to meetings and all that. Um, but when I went got sober again, 
um, I had a lot more conviction about staying sober right. for starters. So that was part of what's helped me stay sober to now is taking a lot more ownership than I first did, mm-hmm. a lot more conviction and a lot more honesty. And right. I just went to AA. Right. I, I got really congruent about what it is for me. Yeah. And it was alcohol, right. alcoholism, and that's helped me keep stay sober and just staying with AA. Okay, cool. So that real decision and ownership real coming decision through. Real ownership, yeah. yeah. Um, and... Uh, in that time period since then, how have you coped with other difficulties that have come up? What do you do to help you out in those tough situations? Yep, so um, after rehab, I got counselling. I got some tools out of that as well. Mm-hmm. And then I, I did uh, 90 and 90 right. at AA, 90 means in 90 days. Mm-hmm. I followed through with another 90 and 90. So I just went to a meeting every day for mm-hmm. months. Yeah, um, And that helped me stay sober. I slow, I'm a slow learner. And I slowed to pick up even on suggestions. Yeah. Eventually got a, a um, got a sponsor, started doing the steps. Mm-hmm. And I started doing service, which was really important to me too to help me stay sober because right. that got me turning up to a meeting. I was accountable to that. Right. It got me out of my comfort zone every time because I had to talk. Yeah. I had to be in front of people, be honest. Right. Um, and um, that's been a big part of helping me not only stay sober for the day, but to start to live the program on a daily basis. So when I'm leaving a meeting, yeah. I want to get out and I want to stay sober. Mm-hmm. And I had to start practicing a, a program. Yeah, cool. That's yeah. fantastic. So yeah, using sponsors, using meetings and service. So yep. and what did that service look like for you? For me, it was being a secretary for a meeting for a year. Right. Yep. So turning up every Saturday morning, opening up the property, mm-hmm. setting the seats out, literature and all that, um, asking someone to cheer. Yeah. So asking other people to do things, getting me out of my comfort zone, yeah. eh, you know. Um, it's being accountable right. and being there to the end, going for a coffee after two. Um, you know, but it also helped me live in the moment, not rushing too far ahead or thinking go to the past, just be in the moment. You right. know? Um, and that's uh, the being in the moment has been really important for me and just for long-term sobriety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and having good relationships with the people in AA. Right, cool. Yeah. Awesome. That's 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 fantastic. Uh, and so, after the, sorry that change, the commitment to AA, the service and things, how would you s- describe your life that you have today? Uh, how do you feel within yourself in regards to changes? You talked a little bit about inner peace and things along those lines. So, how does it feel yeah. today? Today, mate. Today is I can be honest. I can be present in the moment. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I can be really aware. And I can be honest about what it is I'm struggling with at the moment, right. which is really important. Because my one of my defaults of character can be I take a whole huge problem and wear it on my shoulders and feel like I have to fix it all now in order to be okay. Right. Whereas today, I can go, you know what, I can talk about it with someone or people. Yeah. I can look at it and I can chunk it down to little parts and I can realise what I need to own, right. or what I can let go of because it's someone else's accountability. Mm-hmm. And I can not do it by myself, and I can get help if I need help. All right, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, that awareness, how has that helped shape relationships with family and friends, et cetera? Yeah, look, I um, was able to make an amends with family right. that I had resentments with, mm. which is really important because my mother was my biggest one and she passed away not long after. So that um, better relationships with people with better boundaries, mm-hmm. you know, really clear. Um, I can commit more... But I can also not take on too much. One of my defaults is to take on too much because yeah. I feel like I have to do more or I have to compensate for this or that. These days it's just being fulfilled and happy with, with 
the things I love to do in the moment, right? Rather than thinking I have to do a lot to be to have a better future, or I've got to do things to make up for the past. Yeah, just what am I? What's what, what am I okay with in the moment? Yeah, you know what's fulfilling in the moment. Doing service has been really important to that. Right, and AA has been really important to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's excellent to hear. Giving giving back. Um, yeah, cool. And with that in mind, uh, is there anything you're looking to include in your sobriety or any goals moving forwards for things? Um, there's tangible things I would like to buy a house, but you know what? I, I'm not going to I'm not going to be too worried if I don't. Right. You know what I mean? They're just, thing, they're just things that I'm thinking about because I've got a job, I get paid well, um, and so there's opportunities that have opened up. Yeah. Um, I've got um, – I would like. I'm single, so I would like to get into a relationship, you know. And I and I, I was always aware that being drunk, I was never going to get into a relationship that was yeah. going to be long lasting, you know. And I never really tried. It was always one night stands and, and fleeting relationships. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm sober, I actually want to be responsible. I want to be a good partner, yeah. and maybe a parent, even, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and being sober, I can actually consider that yeah. and actually go, is that really true for me? And yeah. well, is that something I'd like to f- do? Because it's a huge commitment. Eh? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm prepared to swim in deeper waters these days, cool. as they say. Excellent. I, I like it. I like yeah. it. Um, now, uh, AA is described as kind of like a spiritual program, um, not a religious program. What, mm. what does that mean to you, or and how does that look like on a sort of daily basis? Yeah, look, it's it, it's it's a funny question. It's a tr- it's some would say it's a tricky question, you know. But you know what? I've thought about it coming here. It's a it's a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's the it's the ability to be honest in the moment. It's ability to be for me to be vulnerable in the moment. Right. It's a, it's the ability to try and be present in the moment. It's very much living in the moment, you know. Um, not getting too far ahead of myself, and not to think or but or thinking too much of the past. Yeah, you know, for me, that's a spiritual way for me to live. Really being in the moment and and being grateful, having a gratitude list. I've got a, I write a gratitude list. Cool. Of things that I'm grateful for, you know. Um, and I also write a list of the things that I'm um, that are keeping me from being present. So spirituality for me is just being honest about the things that are a challenge to me, yeah. but also being honest about the blessings that I have. Cool. Because I can I can do, be delusional around those things. Yeah. So there's a lot there's just a lot of awareness honest. there. Yeah. Honesty and awareness. Yeah. And being able to speak and and do action around it. Cool. Yeah. It, and none of it's perfect. <laughs> so I admit, you know what, that I'm a human being and I can make mistakes still as well, and that's part of it too. Excellent. Um, yeah. God, that, that's fantastic, Mark. Now, um, what would you suggest for any listeners who may have a drinking problem? You know, what questions would you get them to ask themselves or if you knew someone that was struggling? Yeah, um, talk to someone. Yeah. Be honest with yourself first, really. Be honest with yourself. If you if you believe that you have a problem or even if you're not too sure, yeah. talk to someone about it. Ring AA, yeah. ring the 800AA number. Yeah. Um, or even even ring a specialist, even like the um, you know the alcoholics program or something, you know, some kind of professional, you know, to talk it through. Even um, just talk to someone, a trusted person, um, and then that might be the first step. You know, yeah, do something, do something, to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, get it out from inside, get it out somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that may start something. Cool. Yeah, all right. um, and go to a meeting. Go to a maybe meeting. Cool. go along to a meeting even. Yeah, yeah. The AA meetings are all over the place in Canterbury, um, or around New Zealand, really, mm. or around the world. So, even just go along to a meeting and sit there, and you don't have to say anything. Just sit there. You could even talk to someone after. Yeah, 
cool. Yeah. Well, thanks heaps for that, Mark. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing your story with us. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me along. Yeah. That's great. Um, for our listeners, if you've related to anything that you've heard or would like some more information about Alcoholics Anonymous, you can look us up on the website at www.aa.org.nz or call us on 0800 AA Works. There are over 60 meetings a week in Canterbury, so it's likely that there's one near you. Join us next week to hear from more AA members sharing their experiences. Our show airs every Monday at 5.30pm on Plans FM and repeats on Wednesdays at 12.30pm. You can also find podcasts of our past shows on the Plans FM website at plansfm.org.nz or you can download, subscribe and listen to podcasts on our iTunes and Spotify. That brings us to the end of the show. Thank you for listening and remember, if you want a drink, that's your business. But if you want to stop, we can help. You don't have to do it alone. We'll now close this show with the serenity prayer as we do in every AA meeting. God, God, grant grant me the serenity serenity to accept accept the the things things I cannot change, change, the courage to change the things things I can, and the the wisdom to know the difference. difference. You've been listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show on Plans FM 96.9.